Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest podcast, we discuss Tiger Woods' limited schedule and have a chat with Zurich Classic champ Ryan Palmer. My God, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. Well, why do they even have one if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! What is this, custom? Mine's off the rack. I wish Tiger Woods was here to help me with this. We'll do it live! Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Alex Myers. Today I'm joined by Sam Wyman, Keely Levins. Guys, we start obviously with the Zurich Classic. We're excited that uh, we got some time with Ryan Palmer, one of the two champs. Obviously, Ryan teamed up with John Rahm. We talked about that pairing with him. Uh, how was, you know, people were saying, how did that come together? Seemed like a, an odd couple there, but obviously it worked out well. Sam, obviously, you know, one of the main stories from this was kind of you know how emotional Ryan Palmer was following the win on the 18th green with his wife and his son coming out there even John Rahm acknowledged Peter Costas I'm not going to be able to say anything that tops that that was pretty cool what what did you make of the whole scene yeah I mean it's obviously a guy who's had a a tough run both professionally hadn't won in nine years Um, although he had been playing pretty good golf for the last sort of 18 months and then personally far more importantly his wife has been battling cancer and has obviously been a big part of of his life uh you know he he talked about that but you know he also talked about just for the longest period of time he struggled with putting mm-hmm. and how uh, his putting has come back and it's funny because you know we've talked a lot about Jordan Spieth and how Jordan Spieth's game um is sort of just a little bit off and how that's sort of permeated throughout the season and I feel like Palmer touched on something which is like when you start missing three footers which Spieth, right? Not to turn this into a Jordan Spieth discussion, but when you start missing short putts, it suddenly rattles you all over the golf course. Not just sitting over a short putt, but kind of everywhere else. So I thought that was really interesting. Great guy, uh, obviously a popular win. So good to see. Yeah, well, I mean, you bring up Jordan Spieth. Let's be honest. Ryan Palmer probably doesn't win if Jordan Spieth. You just cannot help yourself. <laughs> Jordan Spieth a little dig. sits out this event after teaming up with Ryan Palmer. Uh, with not much success the last two years. He sits out for part of the reasons that you say. Um, John Rahm obviously usually plays with Wesley Bryan. He's injured. So sometimes these things just work themselves out. But all right, enough with the Addition by subtraction? Yeah, addition by subtraction. It's like a thing we say in hockey about when we're down. uh, We have a couple guys. We're missing kids. You say, we were missing some guys, (laughs) but we were missing the right guys. (laughs) Like, that's what you say to a group a of nine-year-olds. Yeah, it's, not, it's not repeated to the 11-year-old in question. But. Uh, uh, Keely, what, uh, you know, obviously it was the third year that this was a team event. Um, you know, not the best field, but you did have some marquee teams. Obviously, John Rahm's a big, big-name For guy. Sure. Uh, you know, they finish with alternate shot. They have uh, the walk-up music was revamped. I was glad to see that. What, what did you like about about the event or, or Palmer's performance? Or I liked. Um, I guess I'll start with Palmer. I think it's really. I think it's a really good thing for the tour that, like the last, like we just had Tiger win at 43 years old, and we just had Ryan Palmer win as a 42 year old. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of something that the tour maybe needed. Like there's been such a surge of these like young mid 20s guys like kind of dominating 
And I think it's really, it makes the tour more interesting to pull some of these older guys. Not that 42 is old by any means, but like, Why sorry, Sam, me? I don't know. <laughs> but 44 is, just to be clear. I think, it's, it, I think it makes it more interesting to bring more of the field kind of into that potential to win. Obviously, this is a strange event. It's not like he won on his own in a stroke play event. But right. I, I liked that aspect of the win. Uh, yeah, 42 years old and actually on pace to blow past his best year in terms of earnings, at least. He's already over $2.3 million. For those of you who don't know, he and Rom both did get a winner's check for over a million dollars. So, I mean, this was... That's crazy. Yeah, this is pretty... But he gets in the PGA. He definitely does not get into the Masters. He does not get into the Masters. That is correct. Um, you also do not get world ranking points. So mm-hmm. he remains at, you know, that kind of... Not precarious, but that in no man's land, he's, I think, 73 right now in the world. He's not, you know, the top 50 is such a mm-hmm. valuable thing. So he doesn't move up. Rom remains at 11, which I was surprised he'd even slip that far. But there, just, there's just so many, There's too many guys, guys right. yeah. who are playing well these days. You you really have to keep winning to, to keep up. But the up. last three big events, if you want to call the Zero Classic a big event, mm-hmm. Rom is factored in heavily. Yeah. Masters, players. Yeah. And this. So. No, for sure. And uh, interesting note here, he is just the fourth European player since 1980 with three tour wins before 25. So, oh. you know, again, he's in very heady company so far, and we're expecting him to, to do more at the majors and everything else. But but certainly, you know, Ryan Palmer – you you can't you could do a lot worse than reaching out to John Rom getting getting John Rom. That, that's yeah, amazing pretty, to me. I want, job. Like, yeah, Joel had a great line about the, you know the high school kid asking the hot girl, the hot to, prom. girl to the prom <laughs> and get it and you know her saying yes and be like oh okay all you, you gotta just, do is ask exactly you gotta you gotta at least uh, give it a try good lesson for Sites Cup too well you I was know, just thinking yeah. be like asking early. it's like guys asking me they want to play with me and not everyone can so you gotta ask me early. And don't be intimidated. Um, but um, can we talk about not getting world ranking points for this win? I mean, okay. there's so many yeah. sort of, I think, lower events that, that get you get. Like, you get world ranking points from the hero, do you not? Yes. So Huge. This is, so Huge this is a regular points. PGA Tour event. And the, you're playing, I mean, you are, there's no situation in which you're not factoring into the equation. Like, you right. know, you could rely heavily on your partner. But well, this is if it was best ball, in theory, you could literally not factor in. I get no. I understand that. I'm and just that's saying two of the rounds. Alternate shot. Obviously, there's there's nowhere I just think to hide. It's, it's it should be worth something. Now, if um, you want to discount it a little bit, it's tough. I'm kind of up in the air. It sounds like you're against. I'm against. Yeah. It. I mean, what are you going to do? Start counting like, you know, I don't Solheim Cup or mm-hmm. like, you know, how would you do that? Like these team events, you can't. It's worth X number of points, and you 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 know, it's worth. 70% of the points given a, to a normal event or something like that. Just I think it's it should be acknowledged as, you know, my point is is that is Ryan Palmer a uh, – has Ryan Palmer been elevated on the PGA Tour by virtue of him winning the Zero Classic? And the answer is absolutely. Well, yeah, again, and again, he gets full FedEx points. Mm-hmm. He gets the money. Um, you know, counts as an official win. It, it, you don't get, it's you just don't get the masters invite and you don't which you don't for fall wins either and you don't get world ranking points this was a big deal when it came out because they switched to the team format and which generated some buzz but then there was this thing that came out oh they're not going to be world ranking points and people thought some of the big players weren't going to come because of that I don't know how much that's really affected the field. I don't think the Zurich was drawing big fields anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more of an impact on a middle tier player ex- than a no, big name player. For sure, because 
right. These are the weeks where those guys kind of have a chance to make a leap. And you're right. Like a, a Ryan Palmer on a normal week, if he wins an event, would jump from 73rd to, I don't know, 30th or something Correct. in the world, right? I mean, you'd make a huge jump. Now, Sam, could there be a mathematical 50% type equation where they at least get something? That's what I'm saying. I don't think it should be worth the same as a regular yeah. tour event on your own because, again, you are someone else's well, shoulder in the load. shouldn't be worth No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So but can you not arrive at something where you it's get just probably it's worth less? You, you can't quantify exactly, exactly how much because a guy did. it's like, does. John Rahm gets 70% and he and Palmer gets 30%. Like yeah. how there's, not, not that we, there's I mean, no good I mean, way they, to do it. I thought it. they both played about the same, but you're right. In general, you're saying, right, you can't. I don't know. I think it's, it's tough. too messy. And I saw, um, you know, Nosferatu, who is the, uh, the world ranking guru on Twitter, the mysterious uh, guru, he posted that question. And, and one of the first people to respond he said, does anyone have a problem with there not being world ranking points? And one of the first people to respond was Brendan Steele, of all people. And he was mm-hmm. like, no. Don't have, doesn't I, have a problem. Doesn't have a problem. And that was like, it's just a one-word answer. And it was like, all right, fair enough. Like, Was Brendan Steele in the field last week? I don't think well, so. Well, because if he's not in the field, he like he doesn't want guys to get awarded, bug, rewarded yeah. for, for, That's true. Let's see if for having a good field. partner. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it, it's definitely – he was in the field. So look at that. Ooh. Brendan Steele was in the field. Did he play well? Did he make the cut? You're really digging deep. Really digging here. Um, <laughs> he played with Luke Donald actually. So, girls, girls, girls was their uh, song, which makes sense because Luke Donald has three girls. Interesting. Um, wow. Anyway, I wonder yeah, if world... Luke Donald watched the uh, Motley Crue biopic <laughs> differently about that song. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, all right. Speaking of someone who's not playing, let, let's move on to Tiger Woods. Obviously, another big storyline this week is that he will not be at the Wells Fargo, which for a while was kind of an automatic for him. Obviously it was one of these bigger non-major events on non-world golf championship on the schedule. Um, were you, how surprised were you, Sam, that he, he because we all were kind of waiting, waiting, yeah. and as it got closer, and he announced that he was going to play in the Japan event. So, sure. you know, months in advance, it kind of became clear he wasn't going to do this. I, I guess fairly surprised, but I, I think we also have to put everything through kind of a new prism with Tiger. Like, there's a new, there are new rules to him. You know, in, in the past, not playing between two majors would would seem ridiculous. I th- Although I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it maybe has happened before with him. Actually, it did happen in 2006 when his father passed away. Mm. He played the Masters, did not play again until the U.S. Open, but that didn't go well. My point is is that uh, the idea of if you want to be competitive in the PGA Championship, you would think you would need an event in between. The other argument, of course, and the, argue, the decision that he arrived at, which is that in order to be fresh and healthy and ready for the PGA, that's it's better for him to practice at home and and work on his body than it is to, to sweat it out in Charlotte for four days. And again, you know, you won't really know what the right answer is until he tees it up at Beth Page Black. Yeah, I don't know, Keely. What do you? I mean, at this point. We always talk about, especially when Tiger was making his comeback last year, he needs more reps. He needs to get in the flow. He even would say that. That's why mm-hmm. we said that. Has he gotten to the point now, do you think, that he, he feels he doesn't need the reps? Especially, obviously, obviously he knows he can win at the highest level now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, is he, I don't know, is he getting a little too confident in, in his ability to kind of turn no. it on at the right moment? I don't think he's too confident. I think he's smart. I And I wasn't surprised at all that he's not playing. I mean, he he even said himself that he was like feeling sore after the masters. And if Tiger is saying that, like you can only imagine how extreme that pain probably really was. 
Um, I think that last season was definitely about reps, and I think that this season is about majors. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't think that he needs like the kind of tune-up um, and like gaining that sharpness from an event in the same way that you would think a normal tour player would need it. Like I think that he's had the experience at this point that he can flip the switch in a way that probably no one else can. Well, you know, a lot was made. He did a two-day video shoot with Golf TV, and the first day they showed him getting out of his car, and he was walking pretty gingerly. Yes. Let's, and everybody was freaking out, including me. And um, But by the next day, he was hitting driver stingers, and he looked yeah. incredible. So, you know, I, I agree. I'm more on the side, just rest. Who cares? I, I don't think that playing this week is going to do much either way. I think he's going to hit, you know, as many balls as he can at home or, or I don't wherever think he's going to hit as many. Yeah, like I don't I don't think it's not a quantity game. Right. I thought it was pretty funny. Did you obviously you read the comments on your tweet about that video? Like when you put <laughs> out Tiger like walking around like 90 percent of the people that responded were all like, Classic leg day. Classic leg yeah, day. no, it, Which it totally really was. did yeah. look and like. And Sam, he, Sam knows about leg day. I don't. <laughs> big, so. big leg day guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just seemed like a guy who was sore straight from a workout. Right. Like exactly. literally no, had it, just kind of did. did, you know, a thousand squats mm-hmm. in a short period of time right. and was feeling the effects when he when he showed up there. Yeah. Uh, so Been there, yeah, we're not I mean. reading into that. Obviously, his agent said there's no big deal. And also, and people totally forgot about this, Bay Hill, he withdrew. Yeah, I know. Remember that? Right. And we were thinking – Oh boy, what is going on? And then a few weeks later, he wins the Masters. So, and this wasn't even like that because it's not like he was entered into this and he withdrew. Mm-hmm. This was just, you know what? I'm, I'm having fun. I'm relaxing. Whatever. I don't feel like I need to to keep playing. I, hey, the other way him. to look at it is this is, and I hadn't really thought about it until just now, which is, uh, okay. So part of preparing for a major championship is putting yourself in the arena and you know kind of getting the juices of being in contention going well he's expedited that plan that that plan is accelerated yeah. by by competing and winning the masters he probably exceeded his expectations of having yeah. that type of environment so he's proven to himself that he's able to handle it that he, you know that he can he can perform under pressure and yeah. put balls in fairways when he needs to so he might be like okay uh i got it i kind of checked off that box and it's it's a short enough period of time between the two majors where uh, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing almost if you're hitting it at the range and you're doing well, don't you want to stop versus, you know, you're feeling good. Then all of a sudden you hit one bad shot and you start to, to question it. Sure. And you're like, wait, shoot, I had a groove there. I mean, you, you said it, under pressure at the Masters. I thought from that 11th hole, once he hit the recovery shot from the trees, he, you know, 18, he kind of slapped it around, but whatever. He played the best he had played when he needed it most it was like he peaked not only did he peak for the masters but then he peaked for the back nine at the masters sure. mm-hmm. and so right why would you then risk going out there a hurting yourself but b you know shooting a 73 72 missing a cut when the last memory you have is i can hit my best shots under pressure mm-hmm. when it matters most just ride the major just momentum ride the, right ride the right into that stage no, I, I, I kind of like it. I, I, I don't think it's it's obviously. He knows so much more than we do. Of course. And, like, I trust him implicitly with yeah. his, like, scheduling planning. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Well, that was the other thing that came through in that golf TV interview. It's just, like, his golf intellect is, oh. is through the roof. Like, the way he thinks about the game yep. is um, so 
interesting you know, to golf nerds and people who really love the game. And I was having a discussion with Jerry Tardy. I talking about, he was talking about like the alleys of putts. Like, you know, when the right. greens are fast, the alleys get wider. That's something you would never in a right. million years think about um, are things that he brings in the right. equation. So it's really interesting. It is. And, and that's why, you know, a lot of people thought he won that back not you know won that tournament with his mind as much as anything and you kind of see it with with everybody else kind of falling by the wayside it is interesting though so he's he's not going to play in between majors he's done it only three times ever before once was with the death of his dad he came back he missed the cut at the u.s open he did win the 2008 u.s open six no two no, I'm talking about. And he missed the. He went from Masters. Oh, I'm sorry. US Open I'm sorry. You're about yeah, year. I apologize. From the gap, and um, but again, that was a weird year in general. He obviously had the <laughs> broken leg, and he wasn't going to put too much on that. Uh, he did it one other time too. Didn't didn't do well. So one out of three, he won. And you know, again, it, it, what's interesting though is that we might see it again after the PGA. Um, actually, no, we won't. We'll see him play at Memorial. the Memorial. Mm-hmm. But then after the U.S. Open, we might see it. Again to, to the British because there's I don't think there's anything. In I mean, all these guys play. are just Unless, trying to prepare for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Right. Let's well, be what honest. About the, what about the Travelers <laughs> Championship? Exactly. Fifth, fifth, fifth major, major. So, so other than that, he probably will do this again between um, the U.S. Open and the British. He'll probably just play one regular event now, then the rest of the year, because then you have maybe he plays the World Golf Championship after the, the British, maybe, and then you have the FedEx Cup playoffs. So. It's so swaggy. It I is love it. swaggy. It's also really good. I had that. I have my re-up bet with Wacker this year. He has to win twice this year. He also has to play 15 events, though, um, for it to count. For he's not going to play 15 events. So I have a free roll. If he gets to two, I win, no matter what. You can't lose. So once he withdrew from Bay Hill, basically, I was like a lock. So <laughs> Wacker's done. <laughs> and he's going to win again. Come on. Let's be honest. He's Tiger Woods. Um, all right. Another guy who made news this week, despite uh, – not playing or, or doing anything of significance on the course was Eduardo Molinari. Actually, he was playing because he was complaining about how slow uh, the pace of play was. And he got into a Twitter back and forth with uh, fellow European Tour pro Chris Paisley uh, about the pace, and they were complaining and this and that. And he eventually said if he got a 1,000 retweets on something, he would uh, release a list that the European Tour sends out documenting all the bad times players have gotten and even the fines that they've gotten and of course he got a thousand retweets in like 10 minutes uh or less and he put out this list and honestly the list wasn't as you damning. know damning as <laughs> right. i thought it would be um, yeah i mean you know there were some big names on there uh, i think henrik stenson had a few um louis ustazen was one of the only guys who's been fined but I think one of the biggest takeaways was that of all these guys, I think it was a total of three, 3,000, I guess it was dollar fines. So 9,000 in fines levied for the entire season so far. This goes back, you know, six months. Well, that goes back to, you know, what is the greater deterrent? A $3,000 fine for a PGA Tour or a European Tour player that's not significant enough to really right. make them change their behavior or publicly shaming them, which might. Right, but 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 they're not publicly. No, I understand them. that. My he point is, is that Molinari is making a point, which right. is that you're you're you are uh, well, passing on these little fines, which right. mean nothing. Right. Or we could really do something about it and but, bring this out in the open, or mm-hmm. or penalize them, or penalize in tournaments. Them. That would also and that's, be. I think, I think that's. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think it's a little odd. This kind of like 
backdoor like Twitter shaming. Right. I think that you should be penalized during an event. I think that's the only way that we're actually going to see any change in slow yeah. play. It was a vigilante move by Monarch, taking the law into his it own was. hands. It was out of nowhere. And you have Adrian Otegui, who has six Whew. bad times. He leads the way. Um, but yet somehow he hasn't been – no, he's been fine. Just But one time, $3,000. $3,000. He's six. So but Henrik Stenson was next with four bad times. Uh, the Beer Garden, three times he was next. Um Hideki Matsuyama, no surprise there. Three. <laughs> John Rahm, three. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Wise, three. And that's interesting because he hasn't even played a lot of Euro Tour. So, what so. did you think of Graham McDowell's response? Mm, which was, Didn't like it. For, for what reason? I have an opinion as well. Well, you know, Graham McDowell basically said, hey, there's nothing we can do. It's going to be five and a half hour rounds. The courses are too fat, are too tough. We're playing for so much money. But. I just don't buy it. Right. I mean, these guys, Sam, we, we talked about this at the Masters, and I'll be the first to admit, Tiger Woods on Sunday on the second hole on that birdie putt after oh my he God. putted out for, took Ever. about five minutes to putt, which was absurd. But then, uh, who are they playing with? Finau putted. Then it got to Molinari, who had a five-footer for birdie. He then took sure. a minute to putt, it's and like, he missed. What, what have you been doing for what the last have you been 10 doing? minutes? Tiger stalked the entire green about three times. I mean, that's the problem. You have, you know, just just do your preparation while at the same time as everybody. Right. McDowell's argument only makes sense if you're saying that, that you know, it's really slow out there and you're totally keeping up with a group in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. you know, there's only – because obviously they're playing just as difficult mm-hmm. a golf course as you are. And they're and it's just hard out there, and everyone's struggling to play. But the the the, the definition of a bad time is when you're lagging behind yes. the group in front of you. So yes. and 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 for anyone else, you know, when you're playing slow because the round is just taking a long time because it's you're playing a lot of shots and um you, you know you're just a lot more deliberation over shots. That's one thing. When you are waiting on other people and you're that's when you start losing your mind. If you're like that's at, the if worst. It's, you're constantly sort of playing. In the act of playing golf, if that's the right expression, mm-hmm. um, even if it takes a long time, that's okay. It's the waiting. It's stopping your momentum. And that you can control. So that's the part. Of, that's the problem I have with it. Yes, it's slow there. Yes, it's hard out there. But there's a way to do that and still keep up yeah, a there's certain a, pace. There's a level of accountability that I think that tour pros are responsible for. And just the fact that there have been like really high caliber players like Adam Scott and Brooks Kepka just being really upfront about like this is a problem. I think that that shows that okay, you can still play at a normal pace and succeed on tour. Like I, I think it's not a great excuse. You know the other thing I hadn't thought about until just now, which is um, I say that a lot by the way. I haven't thought about, it. but is is that <laughs> doing a lot of thinking right now? On I know. The pod. I'm just active. <laughs> this, none of this is prepared. This is all off the top. Um, is the fact that why is slow play why why does slow play not seem as bad as it really is is because m- m- the vast majority of people are consuming golf through TV where it's packaged for you in a way where yeah. you're never it's watching it's much worse in person it's oh much worse God. in person much that's worse. my point is yeah. that you know if you're going from let's go to John Rahm on yep. 17 let's go to yep. Ryan Palmer on 16 yeah, you don't, you're never seeing the waiting right. around when you watch a golf tournament in person like that example with Tiger hmm. it is interminable and it's painful was, and then if brutal. so if, if, if people experienced golf the way we experienced golf in person they would see how bad it was and there would be pressure on broadcasters to do something about that and because there'd be pressure on broadcasters broadcasters would pr- put pressure on the tour mm-hmm. 
But yeah. because because there doesn't seem to be a problem to the vast majority of people watching, they right. don't really want to deal. Right. The only time you would notice it on TV is on a Sunday if there's only a couple people in contention. But they, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, they're crafty. There's ways yeah. to, you know, kick it around. It's really like the match play. You know, that's the one time where there's literally oh two other guys yeah. on the golf course, you know, two guys yeah. on the golf course, and there's no way around it. Right. Right. I get uh, infuriated when I see tour players, like, sit down on a tee box. That's, I'm like... We're waiting so long that, like, this guy is literally having a seat here. Like, that, I think if people were able to see that on television, they would just be like, wait, what's going on? And and I don't mean to be disrespectful to the fact that it is exceptionally hard to play golf at the PGA Tour level. We would shoot a million out there. We would shoot a million. But my point is, is that this, you know, if you create a scenario where this is part of the challenge and everyone is dealing with it and that is now factored into the equation of how well you play, then. Yes, definitely makes it harder, but it's harder for everyone. Right. And, you know, Tiger's the Tiger example, he made a two-putt there from 50 feet. That was the difference winning the tournament, maybe. I mean, so, you know, you understand why he was so, you know, concentrating so hard on it. But still, it's tough. Uh, Speaking of slow play or something that helps a little, I played my first round of golf finally. Oh, hey. Yep, look at that. How'd it go? It was pretty good. But I was, we, everybody in our group left the pin in. And the guys oh. I'd been playing with had played a bunch this year, and they had just gotten used to it. So I just got – it was weird the first few holes. I wanted to go grab it. It was delightful, I must say. <laughs> and, I, you know, I was telling Sam, I really think it does speed up the game. Now, again, and, but the next thing Sam said, and it was a good point, we weren't really playing like a serious high-stakes thing. So I still don't – you know, I didn't really care if I made the putts. I was like, whatever. You? I didn't care about my score. No, I actually want some high scores to get the handicap up. <laughs> And, um, you know, I made some putts. I missed some putts. But if it was a real pressure putt, I, I don't know if I would leave it in, but I think I would. I think I, I think I could get used to it. I don't know. Have you done it yet, Sam? I did. Well, I've done it in a kind of a very informal way. Like you have, like, just playing with my son, and you're like, you know, let's just keep it in because it's not really worth taking the yeah. pin out. But if I – I'm with you. If I had a uh, 12-footer that me- meant something, mm-hmm. just aesthetically, I would like to take the pin out. And we've actually done tests that show that the pin in does not – help to the extent that certainly that Bryson DeChambeau has right. suggested it has but just again it's at some point it's just like a personal preference for right. me it feels like there's less hole to hit mm-hmm. when there's a pin in there which might make no sense whatsoever but uh, you know 25 foot away I'm just lagging it up there there might be some mm-hmm. there might be some value and I'm okay with it mm-hmm. I yeah I it's been a funny kind of like point of conversation I've found in the few times that I've played so far this year um, like John and I were paired with a random pairing and they were like, I'm not, I'm not like old school or anything, but do you mind if we take the pin out? Oh my you God. Know? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm no, like, I could see that being a thing. Yeah. yeah. And like, and I was, I played with my mom this last weekend and just out of habit, like we were, you know, we were like pulling the pin out and then I was like, oh, should we leave it in? And it's like, no, let's just keep digging it out. Do you think we're going to be telling our grandkids, like, man, we played golf. There was a time when <laughs> you literally used to take the pin out before you put. God, you should have <laughs> yeah. seen the 90s. I, I think it's going to stay. I No, I, I, what I missed, what I don't miss is when people, um, when they take the pin out and then someone lays down their, like, three wedges on, on top the pin. Of the pin. And then if, when you're a good guy like I oh, am and you go and get the this? pin, 
Then you have to like get their clubs too for them. I mean, it's so that's obnoxious. a that's Your a bad level thing. of good yeah. guyness suddenly runs its course. Right, it just but runs that's out. like the only. So I don't want to deal with. You're that. not a good guy so if you're complaining about just, doing the smallest just leave courtesy. Just clubs for them, on the ground and get them. Why do you have to put them on the pin? So then you don't forget them. Yeah, that's that's well, a, just don't forget them. Everyone knows that. Just that's don't an forget old habit. What would you do if you lost Mr. Sixty out on the court? Yeah, I would. You know, I hold on to it. But it's, it's attached so. to you. So anyway, I like to. Well, think he would. He up. would say he, he doesn't need his wedge on the green because by then he's already hit the green in regulation. So well, that's true too. Yeah. You, hit, you hit the green <laughs> regulation now. You don't even no, use I, I know. 60? I still. I need the sixty. Um, all right, we had a chat with Ryan Palmer, fresh off his win, uh, his fourth PGA Tour title at the Zurich Classic. Uh, we talked with him about a bunch of things, as we've already alluded to. Please have a listen to our chat with Ryan Palmer. Go on, let me talk for a second about Golf Digest Schools. Golf Digest Schools is our new cutting-edge video instruction platform offering more than 250 classes on every part of the game and featuring the leading teachers in golf from Butch Harmon to David Ledbetter to Michael Breed. Unlike the quick tips you can find across the internet, these are full game improvement programs meant to be followed step-by-step as if you were working with a pro. It's like Masterclass meets Netflix, but even better because there's the added promise of feedback. To sign up for Golf Digest Schools, go to golfdigest.com backslash access and use promo code SCHOOLS to get 30% off an annual subscription. Again, golfdigest.com backslash access and use promo code SCHOOLS. Okay, we are uh, pleased to have joining us on the podcast uh, from home in Texas, I believe, Ryan Palmer. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Hey, yeah, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, what a whirlwind of a few days. You know, I read I read a fair amount about you reaching out to John John Rahm about being your partner, and there's obviously this big generational difference. I, I'm curious, just in general, how that dynamic works when you're asking a guy to be a partner in an event like that. You know, I know John a few years. We played together a few times in tournaments, and um, I've gotten to know him a little bit. He played my charity event here in Dallas area, and so plus Adam Hayes is caddy. He and James are real close friends, and I'm close to Adam as well, and. I knew Wesley was hurt, and you know Jordan. Knowing Jordan wasn't going to play this year, you know we talked about it, and uh, I had sent a text to my caddy James. Hey, I got a few guys I want to play, think about playing with at Zurich because I really wanted to play, and John was one of those few. And I talked to Adam, and Adam's like, "Heck yeah, he'd play with you. It'd be great." So I just texted him. So I texted John and just say, "Hey, what do you think about me and you playing together at Zurich? I think it'd be a lot of fun, and we could be a pretty good, pretty good duo." And you know, it didn't take him long to, to agree, so uh, off we went. Uh, have you joked or talked with Jordan Spieth yet about how your third time in this event without him got you your first win? Yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw him yesterday at a charity event. We were all playing together, and he jokingly said, I guess you all you do is get rid of me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and we actually, had a, we actually had a workout together today this morning as well. So, no, he, Jordan's great. He, he knows, and I know he wasn't playing, so. Nah, Jordan's a close friend. We, we're really close, and um, it, there's nothing, I mean, that's the way it is. So, uh, nah, he's very happy. He's very happy for me. Sure. What, um, what if any practice did you get with John, John in the uh, you know week leading up? I know, obviously, at the Ryder Cup, people always talk about how the you know guys don't ever practice alternate shot in particular. Have you? Did you do any sort of practicing? You know, we played nine holes Tuesday, and 
I hit a lot of shots with his golf ball. Mm-hmm. It's different because I knew an alternate shot. You know, you can use each other's ball when you want for each hole. And so, and then the Pro-Am, you know, you play a modified shamble. So we actually both hit our tee shots. We actually played alternate shot pretty much all day. Just oh. to kind of get used to each other's ball and knowing we were going to hit it when we hit it. So that's how that worked out. And, um, you know, it wasn't much difference in our ball. So uh, we were able to to get into a groove with each one. So uh, it really wasn't that hard of a adjustment. And uh, that's kind of how we ran with it. And then, um, you know, you just kind of played our game throughout the low ball format and then alternate shot. We knew we both drove the ball well and we were putting well. It was going to be a – we were going to have a lot of chance to, to play well. It was your first win in eight years. Um, I'm curious what the difference is between winning on your own on tour and winning – with a partner um well you know winning's winning it was a feeling of uh, the emotion i felt it's hard to explain just with my wife there and my son and being it was nine years ago since i won last but it's a cool feeling when you've actually done it with somebody because you're, you're cheering somebody on the whole time you're hoping he's going to hit the right shot at the right time <laughs> and uh but no just uh i mean you can probably see the emotion we had on the last hole and sure. to hug it out with him and and James and Adam, and just knowing that we did it together and uh, played the game, the kind of golf that you needed to, and we did it, and just and the, the golf we played was was awesome, and just we played some such great golf, and but just what a feeling to finally win again after nine years, you know, just the, the grind I've been putting into it year after year, and the change in the putting, the, the going through the personal life stuff, uh, sure. just what a uh, what a day. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because. Uh, you know, Tiger just stopped a, a drought at the Masters of 14 years. But I just looked up your your first PGA Tour win was more than 14 years. So how do you explain kind of you know that longevity? How proud are, of you uh, of that are you? And um, what do you attribute to this year? It seems like you're on pace maybe to even have a career best year. What what is really driving you this this season? You know, this year just uh, uh, it's been a year and a half in the works with my putting and going to the claw and I have stuck with it through and throughout, you know, the good and bad. And, uh, it's finally coming alive and the confidence I'm getting with it and it's back. And then, um, you know, I've, I've hit the ball well for the last two or three years and it's just, my putting has been missing the missing link. I mean, I was 195th in putting last year or two years ago. And I didn't think there's that many guys on tour. <laughs> and, <laughs> And now I'm inside the top 40, top 50 now. So uh, the work has paid off on the greens for sure. And, you know, I've done a lot of work with my body. Uh, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And <laughs> I'm able to keep the distance out there pretty good and, uh, you know, staying healthy. And I've done a lot of changes in my lifestyle when I'm at home and on the road. So uh, it's starting to show. And, you know, fortunately, James has stuck by my side the whole way ever since, you know, we won in 04. And, uh, we're on pace to have our great, our best year, and I still think we got a lot of years ahead of us. I mean, obviously, when you go to the claw grip, you're seeing technical improvements in your putting stroke. But I'm curious, like, what percentage of improved putting is the fact that you have a stroke that seems to be working? And what percentage do you think it's like just having something that you trust and you believe in? Like, there's like a placebo effect of just knowing that you you have something that works. Yeah, I mean, percentage-wise, I'm not sure, but just main thing is what I was going through was just a. I'm able to take my right hand out of the uh, stroke now, and it seems to keep the blade square through and throughout. And somebody said I'm number one on tour from three feet and in, which 
that's I mean obviously that's great to know I I found out today but uh you know now I'm just I'm getting more confidence in hitting certain putts with different speeds and I'm able to see the ball go in more and that plays so much on your mind and your mental game and then the confidence you have going each 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 shot you know I'm playing more aggressive tee to green knowing that I've got a putter again which is nice and uh it's a different feeling when you're putting that's for sure because you you feel like you can attack any golf course because you know if you miss certain shots here or there you're going to be able to get up and down because you know you're putting well and uh a great feeling to have that going in each round. We mentioned obviously the the winless drought, but it's not like you hadn't been playing really good golf. Uh, Forty top tens in that span, which is the most of anyone to not have a win during that span. Uh, three playoff losses. But was there ever a point where you started to worry that you know a win might not happen again? Well, yeah, but you, of course you think about that. You know, mm-hmm. would you know you always wonder if you'll ever get to do it again. And you always relive the moments you did. And now with my kids being 12 and 9 years old, you know, the, the thought of my mind is, uh, will my kids ever get to see me win and be the last one standing? And that was – that probably weighed on my mind more than anything because I wanted them to experience and see what it is, what this game is is like and what the lifestyle I, we have and why we have it and the work I, I put into it. And I want them to see that and then, you know, see the excitement when you do win on Sunday and – uh to have him there, Mason, I can't even put into words what it felt like. Um, but, yeah, there's that doubt. You always wonder, can I do it again? Because it's so hard to win on tour now. Uh, so many things have to go your way that week. And it just happened to be the team event that went that they went that way. So, uh, But this is going to just catapult me mentally, I believe, in confidence. Just, I believe there's some, some more wins in the future for sure. Now, now more than ever. And uh, I just can't wait to – out and do it again at AT&T next week. Mm. How, you know, we've seen a lot of tour pros starting to chew gum. You and John were eating Skittles. How, you know, how much, uh, is that something that you've been doing for a while? And obviously you kind of celebrated with that whole bag. Where, where did that come from? Well, it was, we started, it was funny because we played with JB and Bubba Watson on Thursday and Friday and they had their little birdie, birdie celebration. They were throwing the ball around the horn <laughs> having fun with it so we try to join in we threw the putter around the horn one day and then so one day some some whole friday i don't know what it was i made a birdie and adam goes here you need a skittle good birdie <laughs> he had a bag of skittles in his bib and uh and then we made a couple more he goes here have another one here have another one next thing you know like you know what got it birdie, i want a skittle let's go let's do this it was just one skittle though and so yeah it just turned into a Every time I made a birdie or John made a birdie or a team did, I look over at Adam and go, go, Skittles. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of took a life of its own. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. Now, did I read this correctly? you got to forgive me because I'm a big hockey guy. Did your son uh, miss a hockey practice to come see you win the final round? No, actually, he made two practices. He practiced Sunday morning at 7.15. <laughs> and a friend of mine happened to have a, a plane. So they hopped on a plane after practice Sunday morning and um, – he and my wife and then my manager, Mark Chisholm, good friend, and his wife, Julie, they jumped on the plane, and, and they were there before we teed off. And, uh, man, what a, what a moment to share that with them. Uh, Jennifer deserves this just as much as I did for what she's been through the last three years, and uh, a very special, very special day. 
You know, I was going to ask you, as it relates to your wife's illness, I mean, that sort of thing can do two things to a player's golf. One is, obviously, it's a devastating situation that can be, distract you from playing. The other thing is, it sort of helps, I guess, prioritize things, and golf doesn't seem so important. You feel less pressure. I mean, what effect did that uh, ordeal, or has that ordeal had on just your ability to play and concentrate on golf? You know, it it took some time off there on chemo, but I was able to go out knowing that she was in good shape. Um, It wasn't progressing, but her mind was so strong and her ability to to just get up and move around her normal day life. You know, she never let it take her down in one day. You know, she may have been feeling ill one day and she needed the rest, but mentally she stayed so strong through it all. And that right there helped me, you know, get through having to go out and play golf. And uh, knowing that she was there to and staying strong and, and fighting and taking care of our kids and of course our family's here close as well but you know her strength allowed me to you know to toughen up and go out and just do my job and um, I owe it all to her to, for the strength that she showed me for sure. Uh, it, you know it looks like you and John both got these championship belts which are pretty cool but but the trophy the crystal trophy was beautiful but it looked like there was only one of them how, how do you uh, go about sharing that with John? Yeah, we got the belt. The belt's pretty cool. I think it's a, it's a standard trophy they keep there, but uh, I think we're looking into trying to get one as well. Oh, okay. So uh, hopefully we can figure that out. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful with the Florida Lee on it. Yeah. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. My son loved the championship belt. That's all he wanted. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Uh, one last question, uh, Ryan, because I know you, you got to hop, but uh, I did see you were at the Stars game the other night. didn't go as well, but just talk to me real quick about um, your thoughts on that team. Obviously, they're, 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 I guess, surprised by even just making it to the second round and what you think about their chances of winning the Cup and how closely you follow them. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they got a chance, that's for sure. I mean, the way they're playing the game, I mean, their defense is spectacular. And Bishop had probably a little off night last night. But they've got the, the tools to do it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, off St. Louis is a, is a tough one. So, uh, hopefully they can, you know, tie it up tomorrow night, uh, game four here in Dallas. And, of course, back to, back on the road. But uh, it's been fun watching them. And, you know, my son playing, I've gotten more into the game. I'm good friends with Brennan Morrow and Marty Turco, former Stars, stars sure. great. So, uh, I've enjoyed and loving following the game for sure. Ryan, thanks so much for your time, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. You got it, Ryan. Be well. All right, thanks again to Ryan Palmer for joining us. Sam, you know, we mentioned before, Ryan will not get an invite to Augusta via this win. He still he still obviously has a lot of time left to, to earn his way back there. He, he hasn't played there since 2015, so I'm sure he does want to get back there. But you brought up an interesting, well, I guess interesting, <laughs> oh uh, point about if you ever did get invited there and you had 48 hours to spend at Augusta National, what would you right. do? Now, what, right. where is so this it, premise? There's been a lot of debate about it, and one of the debates is why this is a debate. With you. That's, right. that, you're that's, like, that's the understand. biggest debate. Yeah, I, You guys are idiots. So <laughs> it started, I think it started because, as you know, um, media members get to play the golf course. Oh, we know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, not from experience, but yeah. from... After you know, a select few yeah. win the lottery to play Augusta National Money. But that's a uh, wonderful experience, but it's a fairly har- harried experience. You're in and out, and then you're done. But what if you got the proper treatment, a, a member 
invites you down and he says, okay, well, what works for you? When do you want to do it? And you kind of get carte blanche to carve out your 48 hours at Augusta National. How would you structure it? It's beginning with when would you arrive? Again, 48 hours, you have to stay within that. What would you play first? When would you have your meals? How much golf would you play? I think there's a lot of variables in there. You make it seem like you just show up, you start playing golf until you pass out, and then you go home. Amen. But no, Amen. There's, a whole, no. there's a flow to the I whole mean, thing. No, okay. There is a correct answer to this, and this is it. <laughs> you wake up. You go for a 20-minute run to warm up. You go to the range. You hit balls for 20 minutes to half an hour. You have a cup of coffee. You go out and you play 18 holes. You come in. You have a classic chicken sandwich and a glass of sweet tea. You go out again. Or Palmer. Or and maybe yeah. and. Double down. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to hydrate. Right. You go out. You play the front nine. You come in. You grab a drink. You pipe one down the middle on number 10. You play the back nine. You come in. You grab some more drinks. You go out on the par three. And you play until it's dark. It's not bad. But again, there's there are some variables there. What variables? So there you go. I'm just saying, no, those are good. Your, your run, I tell you one, Alex is not doing the <laughs> run thing, okay? You have to so, warm up. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think she's, I think Keely's saying you would kind of do what would prepare you best for a, a long day of golf uh, where it's still enjoyable. Because I know you're worried about playing too much, getting that's, over, no, no, over no, golf. Let's, let's, that's not the how I I would play 36 holes, right, with lunch in between. And then, you know, hopefully you have an hour and you go kick it around in the part three for an hour. And you wake up the next day, you do the same thing. See? I just don't think I, there's... I don't know. I was so roasted by people at lunch and then later online for saying that if I, when I showed up, first of all, I would show up in the evening first. Because, again, that's part of the equation. You have 48 hours. So oh, I would show you're up. starting your 48 at, like, 6 p.m.? Well, again, you, again, yeah, 6 p.m. So my first thing is I'm going to the part of three course. Just to kind of wet my whistle, get a little taste, then have dinner, and then over dinner, I'm, we're con- you know, we're making our pairings the next day. We're talking about what we're going. <laughs> That's know, absolutely. We're, we're doing our why, and I we're like making it. our bets. If, uh, look, it'd be one get, thing get if you got delayed sleep. or something, and you got in at six o'clock at night. Yeah. Why would you choose to do that? You have the whole day. Because again, I'm allowing for the possibility by coming in the evening. Now I have a full day the next day, and then a full day the following day. So then I have two days so again par- that's part of the thing if you start if Achilles point is you start at 8 a.m then suddenly you're limited in what you can do I'm trying to think how she would do that no. Saturday morning I don't know maybe you I have, have two fun. full days all right fine no one has ever gotten to Augusta and been like I'm going to the part that's three not first. the point though it's, <laughs> it's not it's, I'm not suggesting the part three is the thing I'm excited for most I'm <laughs> building up to it there's a sense of anticipation it's like a little appetizer I think it's I don't brilliant I think that's brilliant well first of all you would we just do talk that about and then go to bed it'd be one thing if you played the no. part three and then because I know people do that at Bandon but that's because you've been traveling for 10 yeah, hours 12 hours and you're and it's you know five o'clock six o'clock already and that's all you have time to do this this is if you have again this, this is, is a why fantasy you're, world you're so disagreeable this is why you'll never be invited to play whereas i've already <laughs> started you I've, have your invitation Lynn Swan on and i are now tight and he's inviting me do you talk to lynn no oh. I, a couple years ago i did what about raj youth sports oh that's right yeah, you can tell you me you, bro, you about raj goodell yeah goodell raj. westchester sports <laughs> yeah oh, okay i should have started yeah. all comes back to right we should also mention wasn't a coworker whose name we'll leave out of this for their embarrassment. Joel Beal? <laughs> no, I have no problem outing him. Oh, I, I thought you worst, were going to kill is, him. Yeah. This is the it, worst answer. I mean, didn't you say you would spend like couple, three hours on the, the range? range. Said a couple, couple hours on the range. Okay. It's a beautiful range, but my God, if the golf course is there, I would even take Sam's tryst around the par three over that. It's it, a terrible it is idea. A, it is an amazing range. Maybe he was just like. But I would. I would. You know, ten minutes ten just minutes. to warm up. You just gotta warm balls. up. 
But maybe he's saying that because he's already played Augustus. Well, that's right. yeah, that's he's, like, true. he's also oh. like a Calvinist. Like he doesn't want to have pure joy. He wants to, you know, suffer a little bit. So that's why. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should never leave the range. Exactly. <laughs> we obviously we would all be very lucky to get even four hours at Augusta. Um, yeah, we'll take any number of we'll hours. Take any time. All right, are we? Are we? Did we? Did well, we talk I enough just, about this? You know, I mean, did, I because both, again, there's, there's really idiots. not much to talk <laughs> about. Yeah, this just kind of proved your point. There's not. Keely and I are both on the same page. We didn't, we didn't even rehearse this. This is this is just this what is you do because it's the truth. Um, okay, let's get some awards to wrap up here. Best one day story that goes to Justin McGuire. He is a policeman um, who had been arresting the same guy who kept getting public drunkenness. Not one of our New Jersey friends by the way co-workers here no way um, and he promised him if he got sober he would play golf with him and the guy's 100 days sober Whoa. he with the help of someone else this guy by the way runs the greater new england golf expo to raise money for charities serving the needs of underprivileged children so this guy Justin mcguire is a legend anyway he got this guy hooked up with some clubs he got a club to donate 10 rounds of free golf so he's and he's going to play with this guy who he'd, he'd arrested multiple times for you know drunken that's so cool yeah. i i totally miss this story that's yeah. amazing pretty good story sam i mean fantastic know. i mean now if you could do 36 hours and get out of the national <laughs> what would he do that what was the guy, that was the guy's next request he was like these yeah, clubs are okay yeah. but can you get me on no it's, it's very cool and the guy is a legend and um i applaud it all right Pros are just like us. Yeah, there's not much else to say about that. It's a great story. Uh, pros are just like us. I was tempted to go with the Maverick McNeely. He made Ooh. a 13, but then he shot seven under the rest of the way. He didn't make not, a cut, but still. Like that's not like that's us. That's not like us. <laughs> Very game effort by by young Maverick. But th- I'm going to go with the video of the PJ Tour guys, quote, running. Right. Um, that's more like just like you. It's not like Oh, us. no, no, no. I look better than all these guys running. I mean, this was this was embarrassing. Let's be honest. It was so we're gonna out the guys: Jason Day, Adam Scott, Jonathan Vegas, who by the way looked fine. He's just a big dude. He looked like a linebacker. We're you know we're in NFL draft mode here. He was actually moving. And then Abraham Answer, who was like <laughs> flying with like his wings, but at least he was fast. He's small, but he's he's fast. He's like a oh, cornerback. Adam Scott was like. I don't know what he was doing. And Jason Day was in getting lapped by these guys. Like, he was I, scared to even run. Now, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but the counter to that was the Phil Mickelson throwing the football video. Did you see oh, that? well, that's spectacular. That that's a classic. <laughs> I know. Oh, he, he's got a cannon. <laughs> I know. And I'm sure he would look better than these guys yeah. running, too. Oh, with those calves? Well, are you All right, Keely, you've gotten on Adam Scott for, uh, let's be honest, since, you know. Uh, Adam Scott looks great. Looks and great. I did not you, expect this. You said he's a dad bod, which I, I would okay, kill for a dad this bod. This is a comment that was made off air, like, years ago. Yeah, but it, but it and stuck. And then I, it, clearly, it was clearly, like, a very personal comment to all the men in the office because <laughs> yeah. they can't stop but like if that's, if that's yeah. not good enough, then we all don't have a chance. <laughs> like, he happened to be wearing a shirt that... It didn't fit right right but did, i did not ex- adam scott i think looks like a very athletic person exa- i did not expect the video exactly yes, that's that okay was, so it was you were surprising. let down by and that. jason day i was surprised jason day is an athlete. he's an athlete I, exactly i i don't know <laughs> sam sam thinks i mean honestly if i by the way these guys were running because they were trying to finish their round but they were only on the 16th hole i guess they thought maybe if Someone could like tee off. They, put it this way: they didn't finish the round. <laughs> I mean, they didn't come close because I they were running. Need, I think you need to put out like a, a running video now. Yeah. 
I, like I'll a show tutorial. Them I, I'm just, I mean, I mean, it was like a, a candid video of guys <laughs> rushing. But the PJ it, Tour so, shared it. I know, and, and it, people were criticizing my, my least have. athletic moment. I guarantee you, <laughs> and I'm a very athletic person, as you know. Very, uh, oh God. very athletic. Um, all right, all right. Anyway, we move on. Stat of the week. Uh, it's not really. Actually, did I mention? Did we mention we we did with Ryan? That was a good stat. That the forty top That's tens amazing. Uh, in the almost nine years that he hadn't won is the most of anyone who, who hadn't won in that period, which kind of makes sense because that's, that's a lot of top tens. Uh, but that, that was one step. But another one that jumped out at me was this Tyler Neff. Now, he graduated from University of Tennessee Chattanooga in 2008. So he's been a pro for more than 10 years. Sadly, he's, only, he's been on the big break, Golf Channel, big break, didn't win. Uh, he's only played in one web.com tour event. He was trying to qualify for the Nashville Open, which is this week. He shoots a 27 on the front nine. 27. Now it's a par 34, but still. Still. He birdies the last seven holes of the front nine, makes the turn, birdies 10. So he's eight under. He didn't qualify. <laughs> Amazing. And he didn't, it's not like he collapsed. He, he bogeyed two holes. I think he bogeyed 16 and 18. Uh, he shot 65. We know how tough these Monday qualifiers are, but this was just to shoot a 27 to be eight under in a round, and the best you do is get a six for two playoff, which you lose. How I know. brutal and is can it? Can you imagine explaining the life of a professional golfer and explaining yeah. that story to someone? You say, oh, yeah, I went to this qualifier. Uh, I birdied seven holes in the front nine. I birdied the next hole. I'm eight under par. The next person says, oh, how'd you do in the tournament? Oh, I, I didn't qualify. Didn't that you was, make that, the tournament. That, that wasn't good enough. Right. Th- and I mean, six, it's depressing. Six guys out of, you know, it was a typical, there were six spots out of 77 or something. Um, I you, you're going to have a qualifier, I understand, coming up. Oh, my God. Mid-am. Well, it's we'll, like we'll three and a half months away. That, okay, that sounds right. like the right amount of build-up, though. We should start talking right. about it now. We should. We'll do a weekly segment. <laughs> we, we should. Keely has gone to well, the range you're gonna twice. Well, because you're going to have local knowledge from our Steve Hennessy. He better be bring club, it. The Knickerbocker. Lord that's knows. Big, I that's need, a good break. I need the help. But seriously, this is a thing that, like, you're a really good golfer, and in your wildest dreams— Eight under through ten holes. Jesus Christ! It, no. it's, it's, abs- it's no. And this not. couldn't get it done again. This was not even a PGA Tour Monday qualifier. This is no. a Web.com Tour Monday qualifier. That's, how, and again, this guy's been doing this for ten years. Like, Amazing. That's oof, the our, tough, our friends at the uh, the Caddy Network Network just posted a story by Joe Scabron, uh, Ricky's caddy, mm. and about his sort of path to becoming a caddy. And he talks about he's a, he was a great golfer. He was a great. But yeah. Again, here's the thing. Great golfer, and all these guys, Paul Tesori, right. Joe, like they, all, yep. they all come to this realization yep. that they can't cut it. And you look at their swings, so like their swings are perfect. perfect. If we saw them range, you're like, how can this guy not be good enough? It's yep. because of the moments like that. Yep. When you see that happening, you're like, I don't, I can't do it. And Paul Tesori still goes out there and wins Florida Amateur like big events. Exactly. He's a plus handicapper, and even he know knew at least he recognized early, and he's had a great career as a caddy. And same with Scavron, but. If we saw those guys play, we'd think they were. We'd be like, "What do you want? You, I mean, how much yeah, you make on tour last year?" Exactly. Oh, no, I'm just a caddy. And uh, right. he's just a caddy. Yeah. So it, it's just amazing how many great players there are out there. All right, a lot of great players still in the field this week. Obviously, not Tiger Woods, but uh, you know, the Wells Fargo goes on. Uh, Keely, what? <laughs> you didn't uh, sound convinced. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's boycotting it. <laughs> uh, at Quail Hollow. Uh, Keely, you you know who who jumps out at you this week? Okay, this is a I think this is the first time I have ever picked Phil. Ooh, Whoa. Phil! Fiery, right? Um, 
I like the odds. 25 to 1. I think that at 25 to 1, like, I think that's a pretty good get for Phil. Um, he finished T5 last year. He had, like, one super low round, too. He shot, like, 64 in the third round. So, I mean, I don't see I don't see why not. I just saw a stat that this and the U.S. Open are the two events that Phil Mickelson has 10 top 10s at, but Ooh. no wins. Cool. So it's this week. So he's due. Is Abs- the, he's is absolutely. Or, or that's a terrible pick, one or the other. Or he's never going to win, and he's cursed at Quill. Dude, I mean, <laughs> the Cavs throwing the football, I, this is just peak Phil right now. I, all kidding aside, I think it is a big week for Phil because he's, he came out guns a-blazing those first couple events, um, and he's kind of kind of cooled off. Mm-hmm. I know the Masters, he was up there for, for a little bit, but I think it's a big event for him because he does have a great track record here, and he wants some momentum going into Bethpage, which we know – the fans will love him at Bethpage. Won't it be some crazy. sort of weird karma? I, I bet Phil plays really well at Bethpage Black. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet he, there's a chance he wins. Like the weird really? karma. I'm just I'm saying he's played well there in the past. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, two very high finishes the last few times he's been there. So why not? And it's just the irony is that he's going to win. He could win on two uh, U.S. Open courses yes. when they were not U.S. Opens. Baltusrol. Rob Baltusrol is the other yeah. one. So that in the meta, sucked. in the Met area, in the Met area, he'd yeah, be a Met legend. That so. would that, that. And the one time he, or two times he had very good chances to win an Open uh, in the Met area. Yes. He obviously had kind of colossal meltdowns. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So who are you going with, Sam? I was thinking I was going to say Fowler, not only because uh, he's won there, but because I always think of Quail Hollow as a great driving golf course like it's a really mm-hmm. important hole especially like those 16 17 18 those are three i think the green mile the green mile i just i just think of a guy who's really got to drive it well and he's he's uh he's as, as good as you can get in that department had a good master so i'm still waiting for him to put it together for four rounds in a major but i definitely like his chances this week mm-hmm. he, he played well there at the 2017 pga championship Obviously, a major, um, a guy. I'm going with a guy who played well that week as well. It's funny, Hideki Matsuyama. I thought he'd be like a little more under the radar here. He's actually 20 to one, so he's not, you know, he's not one of the favorites. Rory McIlroy, by the way, is the favorite. He's won there twice. You know, they've, they've named an eagle there after him. He's six to one odds. He lost to Fowler in that playoff. That was, I think, that was Fowler's first win. Um, but Hideki Matsuyama, it's weird. He has a terrible track record in this event, but when Quail Hollow hosted the PGA Championship. He he almost won. That was when he you know he had won at Bridgestone. He was he was number two in the world. He was about to be number one and win. And then you know he kind of faltered a little in the back nine. Justin Thomas overtook him there. But overall, uh, I just I think Matsuyama's kind of climbing back to that that level. I know he was one of my picks at the Masters too. He didn't didn't come through there. But uh, three top tens this year, all at kind of bigger events at Riviera, at Torrey, and at the Players. Uh, and then yeah, you throw in that. Uh, that finish that he had at uh, the PGA. I think he ended up finishing T5, but he, I think he had the lead going into the back nine. Uh, he's, he's my pick at 20 to one. So, Ooh. and, and, you know, I did hit Tiger at the, at the masters. So no, you picked John Rahm to win the masters. Just no, no, but I bet on Tiger. Oh, great. You bet I, like I, bet on, I bet on like yeah. eight guys. Yeah. yeah. I probably, I, I probably, I don't want to start saying, I probably count. made about 50 bucks. Even you. though I won 300-something on Tiger. <laughs> and so, took like so five years off your life with the anxiety. It did. And I didn't even I didn't even care about Tiger with the money. But anyway, all right. Uh, all right. So you're right. I shouldn't brag about that pick. <laughs> Matsuyama is going to get me back, though. So, all right, guys. Uh, it was fun. Anything else? Uh, no? That's it. That's I, it. Part three first. Oh, part, oh, part three first. Yep. No, range all day. Yeah. Range all day. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
Delayed gratification. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, thanks again to Ryan Palmer for joining us. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. And check back next week to see who our guest is. <laughs>